0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our member podcast designed to give people around Southridge the inside scoop of life in our church. And uh, today we get to uh, profile for you another great leader around here uh, named Jessica Reimer. Jess, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh Jess, we want to help uh, kind of enter into your world and get to know you and your ministry a little bit better. So start off by just giving us a bit of your personal background and family dynamic and all that sort of stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm married to Steve and we have three kids. Isaac is 13, Evan's 12, Grace is 10. And I grew up here in Niagara and have been around Niagara basically for a majority of my life besides what one year stint to Australia about 15 hey, years teaching ago. Exchange. Teaching cool. exchange. there. And um, back in school days, after high school, I studied tourism, and then spent a couple of years in the hospitality industry, and then decided to go back to school and get my degree and go to teachers college. So it's a bit of my background there.
0: But you're not um, teaching.
1: Not teaching, but <laughs> Your I have, u- is. have used those <laughs> skills in many yeah. different ways, and uh, yeah, became a mom and was really thankful to stay home for a number of years for the majority of my time and do different part time jobs, which kind of brought me up to here uh
0: your family was part of the group uh we heard a few weeks ago in uh, ed wilms podcast about the gateway christian Mm -hmm. fellowship adoption that originally turned our uh, turned into a north end location around here you guys were part of that so describe what that was like for you and kind of how you ended up being part of all things southridge
1: yeah it was a bit of an adventure we we were part of gateway then for 10 years and uh you know, there's always some unknowns moving from a smaller community where everybody knows everybody to joining a larger church family. So I think there was just some unknowns and insecurities and, and taking time. But uh I would say all in all, I, I don't look I don't I look back and reflect and enjoy times and memories, but I'm just so thankful to be here and I feel like there's been lots of opportunities for us and myself personally just in in growth and opportunities to, to learn and, and develop my own leadership skills. So I'm thankful for that. Hmm.
0: Definitely been quite a ride yeah. since you guys have been uh, <laughs> around here. Uh, now, how long have you been a part of our staff team?
1: Uh, about a year and a half.
0: And how yeah. that start? how how yeah. that
1: happened? So t- pretty close after joining Southridge, I started volunteering in the First Impressions Ministry. So I got to serve alongside of Vicki Reimer and Christy Wilms. And that, for me, actually really helped the adjustment of, not to say fitting in, but becoming part of the Southridge family because I was able to just get to know people through serving. Um, and I guess through that, uh, volunteering and friendships that have grown, I was able to, yeah, join in and uh, have the opportunity to come on staff here through a mat Leaf. And here I am. Yeah,
0: you were originally a mat Leaf yeah. coverage. <laughs> and uh, like many... Not all, but like many mat-leave coverages, yep. they end up being lifers around still here. here. So here. Uh, you're still around and plugged in. And describe for us sort of your your role, mm-hmm. your title, your how, how, where you fit around sure.
1: here. Sure. So Director of Connection, I am a part of the Connection team, so working alongside the location pastors. I coordinate different Connection events, supporting our Connection systems and databases, helping people get plugged in, and keeping those systems up up to date so that we can really do our best to um, support people and help people find their place in our community.
0: Yeah, in a community like ours, there's uh, there's an infrastructural kind of a back end yes. to the system yeah. of how you connect and ultimately care for mm-hmm. people. It's kind of uh, fundamental in, in church growth world. Um, a- anytime a church moves past like 200, mm-hmm. y- you need to move from person-centered individual person-centered to a people-centered kind of a a plural version of how connection and care Mm. happens that requires uh kind of a system of support and a system of connection in that sense and that's a a huge degree of what you're paying your attention to Mm -hmm. is the behind the scenes as well as supporting particularly these location pastors yeah um anything just peculiar about what it's like to work in that department or maybe specifically with those guys that's worth sharing just to give people a bit of inside scoop. Um,
1: It's a fun crew to be a part of for sure. They have lots going on. I think it's opened my eyes being here on staff to the day in and day out activities. Um, You kind of can have a plan for your day, but life happens and people happens and you just got to go with the flow. And I've, I've been so honored to be a part of these, uh, this team where people's hearts are always to care for others. Mm-hmm. And I love that.
0: It, that's an interesting point. Cause there is a lot that you guys are trying to move forward, mm-hmm. but it's a hugely reactive mm-hmm. area of ministry in the life of our church for as sure. well. Right. Especially in crisis and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, the, the all hands on deck moments, they happen pretty frequently in that they world. Do. And then it's, it's mm-hmm. a whole different, it's a whole different gear. Um, one thing that people might uh, not know out there is that you have had the uh, unenviable privilege of being on a vacation with my family. Uh, yeah. We we <laughs> toured Guatemala a couple weeks ago, or a couple of years ago, rather, uh, because your family sponsors uh, a girl in Guatemala yeah. that's part of the same student center as the uh, brother and sister that our family has sponsored for the last number of years. And so formerly when we had done visits we would send gifts with each other uh, Mm -hmm. with each other's families to to give to these kids when we couldn't be there but then a couple years ago we decided that we're going to try to do this together and bring all those kids together uh talk a little bit from your perspective of what that was like
1: that was very fun um almost feel like a dream come true for us to actually have the opportunity to go to Guatemala and meet our sponsor child and her family um it kind of brought this big world difference of how we can feel so separate and apart from poverty and people living far away, really close together. And I, I, I can't even explain in words the feeling of of meeting Emmeline and her mom and her brothers and just this joy that came out of that and uh, a family feeling that is just really unique and special and we yeah we're very thankful for that opportunity and yeah, by the and
0: time we got to go with you guys i mean you guys had already visited Emily and her family mm-hmm. before so you had yes. a bit of a connection and so did we in our case um to, you know to see these two families with their families essentially on vacation together like we went yeah. to this water park and uh brought the the families in there for a few days uh it was a, a pretty cool experience so yeah. if anyone's worst nightmare is going on a vacation <laughs> with my family, or particularly me, uh, you've survived yep. it. It's and not, are, that, bad. not you're, you're, that bad. You're, you're better <laughs> off because of it.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: uh, before we get into real the, some of the dynamics of connection around here, which is really mm-hmm. your, your primary focus, um, one of the things that uh, I would want all of our members to be aware of is that uh, part of your role is the role of reception, meaning yeah. you're actually the, the primary voice mm-hmm. that... Answers the phone when people call our church offices. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit, just to help get to know you a little bit better, about what that's like.
1: You know, it's it's never a boring place to be, front reception. Um, it's, it's always interesting, and uh, I guess you could say you never know what you're going to get when you answer the phone, who might be on the other end. <laughs> so uh, I do my best to help people and be a listening ear, and sometimes it's just that, because... Depending on whatever they're dealing with, I'll I'll listen and then I can direct them to who can help them more specifically. But
0: and what would you say is like the the most off the wall question that somebody's called to ask, or the just the the, the most challenging part about playing that role on behalf of a church our size?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people out there who who call here and who have connections here, and sometimes it's just a a communication glitch or where i just can't understand what somebody's saying um and it can end up being a comical comical thing where i'm working through who they're actually looking for um but i try to yeah make, if you I'm don't understand to the
0: person's accent <laughs> that's right. when they're calling that can be an awkward place to be because yeah. you're you're supposed to be the navigator <laughs> and if you say what yeah. uh, can you say that again can yeah you-
1: <laughs> for the 10th time yeah who are
0: you yeah <laughs> oh that's got to be difficult um In that, though, you you also kind of provide a a presence and kind of a a quarterbacking of what we would call the front office, Mm -hmm. because we have other uh, reception and front office volunteers that uh, play that role along with you during the week. Uh, What have you learned about the significance of that area of ministry in Mm -hmm. our church? Again, that a lot of people probably don't see week to week, uh, because Mm -hmm. it's not prominent on a Sunday per se, but it provides a huge first impression to people during the week. What have you learned about all that?
1: Um, I guess I would say that I think first impressions really do matter. Um, Southridge values being a hospitable, welcoming place where anyone can belong. And I think that comes through in the voice that you have on the phone, in the smile that you give to somebody. And I don't think it's about being fake or this tactic um, to to trick people at all. But I think it's, it's good to be real and authentic in that way. And that your first impression is really a little window or a sneak peek into what's going on. So that's how I try to portray mm-hmm. the front reception to people.
0: And it is way more of a ministry, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's not the... Task of answering right. the phone, the task of entering in the mm-hmm. extension that the person might be calling for, the task of giving them an answer, the task of signing in a guest, at, you know, at the at the front office door or mm-hmm. whatever. It, 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 there's a ministry there. there is, yeah. What would you want people to understand about? that ministry how it actually works or just the importance of it
1: so we're most often the first people that someone will see when they come in through our doors um and we we try to help them and guide them to the right you know ministry that they're looking for but being the hub of our building you can't help but overhear situations that are going on down the hall with our friends who are experiencing homelessness and that can be heart-wrenching to just hear these things um on the other side of that, we also get to see these real-life friendships that are happening right in front of us, connections and interactions that people have. So mm-hmm. I feel like you get you get both of that. Um, yeah. So like I say, it's it's fun, it's interesting, and there's there's always more to it, more to someone's story. So.
0: Um, bonus question here because I mentioned volunteers in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, can people just reach out directly to you if that's kind of an area where they'd like to serve? I've seen a few lately who've kind of joined that crew and uh, it's amazing how much of an inside scoop serving Mm -hmm. in that area gives you right at the very, like almost right at the very beginning, first shift, all of a sudden you're. You
1: get to know the staff that come through from all locations. So even though it's located here in St. Catharines, you'd get to to meet staff from Welland, Vineland and St. Catharines. So if you, if you have a heart for hospitality and maybe some administration skills, we're always looking for, for people to join the team. And sometimes for people it's, they can't serve maybe on a Sunday, but this there's flexible hours during the week. Or if you have an hour or two, you're welcome to join.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Um, shift gears because a, another kind of the, the baseline piece of your job is, is providing support to these location pastors and championing mm-hmm. the value of connection. Can you just remind us of kind of the main or the primary ways that you provide that support?
1: Sure. So my role in keeping our database up to date really assists in helping our location pastors communicate efficiently and effectively with those who are currently part of our community. And our database, it intertwines all the ministries of our church. So people's volunteer roles in action um, with family ministry, if what life group they're connected to. And by keeping things up to date, it helps our pastors really keep an ear to the ground. Um, Like you said before, having three locations and a larger congregation, it can be tough to stay connected um, to folks. And you can't count on just seeing people on a Sunday morning necessarily. So I guess our fear is that we would never want people to feel lost or out of touch. So things that I do, running reports and updates, they'll kind of catch in some way maybe somebody who used to volunteer in an area or used to be in a life group but they aren't anymore Um, and it's not to keep tabs on people or question their decisions but again it's just a touch point so that we can let the location pastors know they can reach out to somebody Um, because I think people's involvement beyond a Sunday morning is really the way how we not measure connection, but it's how you are connected
0: yeah how a person feels connection, mm-hmm. including you talked about that in in your in your own journey yeah um yeah the the so much of of what you provide in this way helps the the language we use is close the back door
1: mm-hmm. so,
0: so much of it is about closing the back door and I mean people have probably experienced this themselves in many cases, but certainly want a church that is aggressive and really intentional about closing the back door, yeah. helping people stick, helping mm-hmm. people not drift and be ignored and like right. you said, lost. But a church our size can't just do that on the backs of you know three or four people who interpersonally mm-hmm. mentally keep tabs like there has to yeah. be more of a system to it. Yeah. And there's there's quite a bit of administration and, and updating yeah. of that system. And so you know it feels on the one hand Uh, kind of depersonal because a lot of databases and reports, but it's massively important Mm -hmm. for the personal connectivity and especially helping make sure that people don't fall through the cracks. Um, On the proactive side, you know, the the primary program that your group uh, kind of encourages is for people to participate in life groups. So there's been different eras of how a person connects to a life group, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's, announcements from the stage on Sunday or signups at the back in the auditorium lobbies, et cetera, et cetera. We've had different uh, tries. What does it look like today for someone listening who's either not yet part of a life group or has someone in their life or in their circle that they'd like to connect? What does a person do to join a life group these days?
1: Really, if someone's interested in joining a life group, it's as simple as emailing me, calling the church, Touching base with one of our location pastors, um, just then we can find out what type of group you're looking for, what's your availability, what what days and nights are are you available. Um, another op- great opportunity is to attend our Next Step lunch, which happens the first Sunday of every month. It's a great opportunity again to to meet some staff. Our location leaders would be there. Uh, sometimes we'll have some life groups who are looking for new joiners and they, they'd be there for you to connect with. Yeah. So it's, that's a great way yeah, to do it. Yeah, which is
0: important for us to understand. And I hope everyone's picking up on this because, you know, on the one hand, I would say the system or the, the programmatic uh, attempt that we're making to foster connections, particularly through groups, is uh, no longer this event we used to have called Lifeline right. that was kind of a one-off occasional experience, but now this monthly lunch, mm-hmm. right? First Sunday of every month, yeah. we'll have this free lunch and newcomers can come and it'll be uh, you know a system that is kind of a catch-all to help mm-hmm. people get connected. That's our programmatic effort. Yes. But it's not limited to that. And when you say, hey, reach out to a location pastor yeah. or email you directly, there is a life-on-life interpersonal you know, we'll walk with you as a person.
1: Definitely. Uh, it's yeah. not
0: just a system no. uh, that a person plugs into like a widget mm-hmm. and out the other end of the assembly right. line, they're in a group. Although there is a system sure. that that supports this, there's also tremendous interpersonal availability that, that you guys want to provide as yes. a department, which I hope people can mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of. Um, similar uh, question, like for review again, what kinds of groups are actually available these days? Because people have kind of a, an understanding that, oh, maybe you know, a group delivers this, but not mm-hmm. this. And yet, I would want people to know, you know, knowing we've got probably close to 100 groups now yeah. uh, in the life of our church, what's the vast diversity of kinds of groups that you can join?
1: So we have groups that meet every week. We have groups that meet bi-weekly. Um, there's even some groups that are really committed to once a month just because of logistics, schedules and shift work and that type of thing. So I always feel like you never want people to feel like, oh, I'm trapped. in if, if I commit, I, it has to be a weekly thing. It can be unique to the group. Um, we have young moms groups. We have ladies and men's groups. Um, and then there's just a mix, of variety of groups who might study topical things like marriage, family life, um, parenting, and then many groups who actually will follow up with our Sunday morning message and have conversations that dive deeper into those discussions.
0: Yeah, some study groups. Mm-hmm. I know they're working through a book of yeah. the Bible or uh, that kind of thing. Some, yeah, topical based on uh, the needs of the people. But th- mm-hmm. there's there's probably a greater diversity of groups than you realize. So yeah. if you yeah, feel like there's not one for you, you know, maybe this could be an encouragement to to give groups a chance or at least give you guys as a connection department a chance to connect a person Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, sometimes it's, it's difficult to connect people. Uh, and sometimes it, it, it takes even longer than, than the typical process or system. Um, what do you find about those situations where it's, it's really hard to connect someone to a group and, you know, what do you guys Kind of do to come alongside people uniquely yeah, in those situations. We
1: definitely would do our best. Like I said, sometimes it's just a, a timing thing with people's schedules, where they really find it hard to find a group that would meet on a night that would work for them. If if they do shift work, it can be really hard to get into a rhythm. Um, that can be can be tough. Like I said, there are groups who will just every month they put out a bunch of dates and they find one date and they and they stick with it. And I think it just takes time. Not every group is gonna be this magical fit instantly. Um and it's okay to we always say when we invite someone to a group, just give it a try. And if it's not what you're looking for and it's not a great fit, that's okay. You're not gonna offend anybody if Mm -hmm. after a few weeks you say, you know what, this isn't what I'm looking for. Some groups like might be more deeper into a study. Maybe you want more of a social thing. And that's okay. And I feel like just give it a shot. We'll try it. We'll do our best and um yeah it's it's worth it it's worth yeah, it to try it's a moving target sometimes
0: yes. we were joking in our group recently kind of debriefing where our, our group was at kind of a, a state of the union and we were, we were joking about someone who had joined our group overtly on a three-month mm-hmm. trial yeah I'm just here for three months to try <laughs> this and if, if I don't like this I'm out of here yep. or more importantly if I don't like you I'm out of here <laughs> exactly. and so we were kind of laughing at that thankfully it's it's worked out but uh but that's a great tone to set, to say, yeah. hey, I'm just trying this out, mm-hmm. no harm, no foul, to see if it, it it's a fit. Um, Jess, another aspect that you pay attention to, to help foster this experience and value of connection, isn't just the core program of uh, life groups, but actually a number of the special events that we do as a, as a church.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk
0: about why these special events are an important supplement to groups in the life of our church family.
1: Yeah, these... These events, I would say, are opportunities that just give us more time together, Um, maybe to meet somebody, have a conversation with somebody who you haven't had a chance to do. Um, I know a lot of times people will say on Sundays, it just feels so rushed or busy or you're running to get your kids or you pass by but you just can't get to that next step besides just saying hi to somebody. So these connections, they can help hopefully enrich your experience um, being part of our church family. And I know for me, every time that I've participated in one of our, our party potluck events, um, I'll come away knowing some new people. And there's no turning back from that. I feel like now when I see somebody on a Sunday morning who I just shared two hours with over food, it's different. And we have something to go on. You know a little bit about their life. They yeah. know a little bit about you.
0: And when we're talking about these special events, walk us through the menu of the kind of things that you focus on.
1: Yeah, so these the party events that we've had recently and we'll do a couple times a year, um, are really just casual ways to get people t- together in someone's home. Um, yeah, these
0: start-the-party start the nights, nights where you know, people host parties across yeah. our location, uh, our locations and people can sign up to yeah. be assigned to one of these That's parties. That's
1: right. So we do the organizing here at the church, putting people into groups, trying to mix it up so you're not going to be maybe at someone's home. You're already there every week for Life Group. Um, do our best to to mix it up, and it's really an opportunity to to just meet somebody and get to know, make a connection with people you you haven't before. Um, It's always, we get amazing feedback from these events of people to say, oh, it was so great. I'd never seen this person before. And you can sit a few rows front, you know, around them every Sunday, but you've actually never seen them, or maybe you've seen them, but have never actually talked to them. So...
0: And so if I'm listening and I'm the kind of personality who feels like these types of events aren't really my thing, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that you've seen the value of them, what would what would your encouragement be to people who maybe haven't taken advantage of these special events uh, as a means of connection?
1: Yeah, I, I get it. I think social events aren't everybody's favorite thing to partake in, um, but you just never know what kind of connection you'll make um, and what, what you'll get out of it. And I always think beyond yourself, there might be somebody there in that room who you're going to just make their day by saying hi to them, having a conversation, and that can that can really make an impact. So
0: Yeah. Um, any emerging thinking or ideas about new special events? What's the talk around the office on that these days?
1: So definitely the Next Step Lunch was a new initiative starting back in fall, um, combining, like you said, instead of having a separate event for life, life group, new people joining life groups, um, instead of having a Discover Southridge, where new people can come and ask questions about what's the heart behind our church and what our vision is, the Next Step Lunch is sort of a, a catch-all, whether you're new or you've been around, maybe you, you aren't currently involved or volunteering. Um, it's a it's a it's an event that we hope will just encourage these connections um, more organically, yeah. because it's... It's not an awkward stand around the room, let's try to orchestrate groups. We're just gonna have pizza, hang out, and there I think a really cool thing about our next step lunch is there's always staff and key leaders there. So you're right away instantly getting a a face to face connection you know who you might see a name up on a screen or whatever but you actually get to meet them and other people who may be newer to our community.
0: Yeah, this was actually the the brainchild of consolidating four different experiences mm-hmm. that we had. And when we I remember when the the talk was was starting around this to just realize that we had four different sort of connection or assimilation experiences we had discover southridge general orientation. Yep. We had Lifeline, get connected to groups. We had Discover the, whatever the anchor cause mm-hmm. is. That was a separate event happening at a separate time. And then we had individual ministry recruitments, kids ministry events yeah. or first impression recruitment events or, you know, whatever. And realized, oh man, we, the, the signposts for a new person are so discombobulated and, mm-hmm. and, and confusing. Let's have one thing. And now this serves as, as one thing, which I've already seen uh, uh, a real uh, I would say, tracking in, yeah. with new people, especially because of the convenience and, mm-hmm. like you said, the addition of food. That's uh, always, always a perk for everyone. If uh, if someone was listening and they had uh, an idea for a special mm-hmm. event or an experience that could help better connect people, what would you tell them to do?
1: Let us know. Pass it my way. I think we're always looking for new, fun ways to, to get people connected. So we, we don't always want to do the same thing. We like stuff that works. But if you have experienced something, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the knowing these lunches would kind of represent a spirit of let's try it. Sure. And uh, if 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 it works, let's keep doing it. Mm-hmm. If it's not working, maybe we can maybe we can change it. And so hopefully we can continue to be innovative and doing better and, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff.
1: Because at the end of the
0: day, I would say you know coming out of the series we just experienced, which was really driven by your department, right? We just came out of this Better Together series. There's a heart that. As a church, we have, and we know that God has, but that your department particularly has. So, mm-hmm. you know, share that with us a little bit. What, 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 what did you kind of feel or hope that this series would achieve in the life of our community?
1: Yeah, I would say my hope and our prayer as a team would be that it was just be a, a reminder again that we're not created to be here on this earth alone, and that no matter the stage of life we're in. That we're just better doing life together, um, making time to share our lives, building relationships. That's what Jesus did. That's what we saw Him spend His time doing that. So, overeating, praying, and loving on others. It's good to just reflect on those things and see how you're doing personally, how you're doing as a family, in your group life, and that type of thing. Yeah,
0: and in your role now that you've got some some experience in this, what would you say you've learned? about what it takes for people to experience that, to be connected versus some who aren't?
1: Yeah, I I think it takes a little bit of a risk sometimes, and even pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, even if you're somebody who's more introverted, or you feel like you're not a natural people person, you may even feel like you have enough connection going on in your life, and you don't need anything else. But again, I've just been overcome with Um, what you do, everyone has something to bring. And, and even if you're somebody who is anxious about connecting with others, your personality and other people will actually appreciate that vulnerability and that realness. And that might just really connect with somebody.
0: Mm. In addition to that personal responsibility and just swallowing hard and taking that, Mm -hmm. that risk, uh, have you observed anything on the community side or even of the program or system side that helps people get connected. what What helps a person get connected versus hurts?
1: Um, a real obvious one, food keeps coming up. Hmm. like food is just a constant factor in uh, in bringing people together. And I think people opening up their circles, um life groups being willing to accept someone new, throwing out an invite to somebody really helps in getting people connected. and kind of on a side note to our parties that we we have church wide. We've really seen a growth in in people's giftings of hospitality and we've encouraged people to throw their own parties per se where it doesn't have to be a church-wide event where you sign up. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody who actually likes getting to know people or you've met somebody, said hi, but it hasn't gone further, to actually extend that invite to them organically without us pushing it on you. Is a really cool thing to see, and we've, we we know these things are happening amongst our community, and it's encouraging, and, and we're always willing to help support that, help make those connections if you need that along the way.
0: Yeah, this requires inverse initiative, mm-hmm. right? If, if a person getting connected can't kind of overcome their aversion to that and take the risk yeah. to initiate a step you can do all kinds of things and it won't connect them. Similarly, a person can sign up, show up, you know, attend these things. If there aren't connectors who are taking initiative to have other people than their current people on their radar, then that doesn't work. And so you really need this uh, reciprocal dynamic working if it's going to work right. Mm -hmm. Um, Final question along these lines, Jess, if, if our members listening did one Mm -hmm. thing or maybe more of one thing, to help people get better connected around here, what would that one thing be?
1: I would say to challenge yourself, to say hi to somebody that you don't know on a Sunday morning, to look around to see who might be sitting alone in the cafe, someone who maybe is here for the first time, and make them feel welcome. I just I really feel strongly that something as simple as that goes a really long way in sharing God's love to those around us, so that would be my encouragement. That's a, that's
0: a great one. We've for years we've talked about the fundamental difference that it makes when people, especially in the largest gathering of our communities mm-hmm. that happens on Sunday mornings, when when people can make the mental shift from guests to hosts. Right. Right. When people can make the mental shift from I'm a guest here, so I'm worried about me and where I'm gonna sit and you know, <laughs> who I'm gonna see and who I can connect with to, to realizing, hey, I've got a a potential and I've got the capacity to host to reach out and actually greet or meet Mm -hmm. other people and when we can make person by person by the dozens and ultimately by the hundreds the shift from all of us behaving like guests to all of us behaving like hosts now that's a culture of connection right and it's a totally different animal uh Jess any final encouragements or challenges to our members when it comes to living out this lifestyle of connection to a greater degree
1: Yeah, I would just say um, I'd encourage people to take one step forward in some way to engage in relationships, maybe a little deeper, just um, that that shows that you care for one another, be there for each other and just see how that can grow your faith.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining in uh, on another edition of Finding Our Way. We'll see you next week as we keep journeying together in all these ways that foster this lifestyle of full devotion to Christ. Thanks, everyone. Take care.